Good morning, it's Simon Clark, CEO of American Lithium, here to chat with Matt about some of the latest developments uh, on the American Lithium front. Well, and, and specific, hello, Simon, first of all. Hello. Hello, Matt. <laughs> all good, good to see you. Um, uh, we're here to talk about uh, actually Falchani and, you know, and, and and how things are moving along in a country. Um, so can you give us some, obviously you put a press release out recently, give us some of those highlights because I kind of want to get get into it with you. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I think it's it's well known that uh, you know the last the last regime, um, for whatever reason, and you know our job isn't to criticize the politicians; it's to move our projects forward. But as we all know, um, there wasn't a lot of progress on uh, on the permit front during the last regime, for sure. And um, you know, we've been we've been very pleasantly surprised uh, and only because you never know what you're going to get um, by the new government and its real focus on the economy and within that the the mining sector in terms of helping deal with any social unrest bring jobs to the poor area drive mining projects forward and I think as we've talked before Matt they've made a lot of commentary about um, short-circuiting permitting mines um, and they've also expressly said they want to see lithium there's two main tenants that they've talked about in recent times, and that is getting copper production up higher. Uh, they they briefly lost the number two producer in the world status, and they now have it back, and I think they want to continue to build on that. But also, critically for us, is see lithium developed in Peru as an industrial metal. So, you know, we're getting we're, we're getting lots of good things said. We're getting support certainly on the ground. You know, we've had some some initial permits. We're still waiting for a couple here, which hopefully we'll get very soon. Um, but I think really where I think the team on the ground did an excellent job is recognizing during the last regime that if we launched our environmental impact assessment process early, and if you remember, that's a big piece for ultimately permitting a mine. So do it early. It's a prescribed process um, and if you launch it and you and you get everything, you, you know, uh, under the regulation, it also allows you to drill ten holes. Now those ten holes are primarily hydrological water flows, testing for water table, that kind of stuff, all part of the environmental piece. But you are also allowed to take core up to about 160 meters. So for us, it's it's been a it's been a win-win in terms of. We're now well ahead of, of when we get to the point where we permit a mine. Um, you know, we're almost a year into this uh, EIA process, and and um, you know that's going to stand us in great stead. But we've also been able to do some of the infill and extension drilling that we wanted to do to really take the existing resource on Falchani, um, move it from indicated and inferred to M and I, and to extend it and. Um, it's allowed us to do, you know, maybe not everything we would want to do, but it's allowed us to do a bunch of that work. And so you will see us in the next few weeks coming out with an, up, an updated res resource, a reclassified resource. And if you remember, you need to have M&I resource for your reserves as you move through feasibility. So, you know, a big step in our pre-fees process is updating the PEA. First piece is the, uh, is the resource. We've got the med side now buttoned down pretty much for for updating the PA flow sheet. We'll now have byproducts. 
in SOP and, and cesium. We've also redone the economics, which, you know, even post COVID and inflationary pressures, you'll see that Falchetti remains one of the best on an OPEX perspective globally. Um, and so the piece we have to slot into that is the new resource and that's coming in the next few weeks. And we continue to be on track to get the updated P8 out late September. And Matt, sorry, I know I've hogged the puck here, but but what it will do then is allow us to to then finalize the the, the pre fees. Um, you know, probably early 2024 would be the timeline for that. Okay, so I, I didn't want to interrupt because it, it's, it's nice to sort of see the kind of the linear process for all of this. But um, and I guess off the back of the last conversation we had, which was around the Makassani uranium project, you know, the deferment of the spin out. Um, which I think the market seems to have uh, ex- accepted as probably uh, smart, um, is the the kind of the taxis off the rank because you've kind of got you've kind of got obviously you've got TLC, TLC um, lithium you've got the Falchani lithium and Maxani uranium is you know the building blocks as it as it were the money being allocated to Falchani uh, lithium to kind of go through the process you said like into you know pre pre fees early twenty twenty four it's there for you so the long poles in the tent are just is is what what for you clearly the the licensing permit permitting permitting yeah, components to this off so, the back of the EIA is that so, so the drill permit we have that we're waiting on at Falchani is not critical for the for the updated PA um, it, it won't be any additional drilling will not be incorporated in that as I say because we've managed to do these ten holes um, which have allowed us to extend the footprint of Falchani 400 meters to the west and 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 also extend it to the north, which has been great. Um, but it's allowed us to reclassify, or it will allow us to reclassify a chunk of the resource as well, which is the piece we need for pre-fees. In an ideal world, Matt, we believe we will see that permit any any week. I know we've been saying that for a while, but certainly that's our belief. And we will do several more holes which will now be guided by the 10 holes that we've just done. So we would, we, we, we want to put a few more holes in, in a couple of areas where we've, you know, we've had some really exciting drilling, um, and, and continue to expand the resource further. And in an ideal world that will flow through into the PFS, there's time for that. Um, and then the only, the, the other key piece we still want to do is continue to refine the flow sheet. There's a couple of steps that we want to focus on we don't need it for the updated PEA but as we move into pre-FS uh, pre-fees we obviously want the pre-fees flow sheet to be one that we're then ready to pilot and um, and that's where we'll get to so this updated PEA is a huge piece of pre-fees and then what you'll see in the back end of the year is a bit more drilling and again a bit more on the MET side to position us to be able to then uh, to, you know move to, to pre-fees and if we were not able to do the drilling for whatever reason that we want to do, we would still have the M and I resource through this process that would allow us to move the project, you know, forward into pre-fees anyway. It's just we'd like to continue to expand the resource. Clearly, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, in, in, so basically, the if you, no, 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 it does. And but if you don't mind, just give, give a bit more detail because obviously the the drilling that you've done off the back of the the EIA, the ten holes, it. You, you talk about mineral mineralization being being found in um, in in that which you hope to be able to bring into the pre feast, which which is all good stuff. But 
what has it told you, or is it too early days in terms of the where you drill, what you what you're drilling for, um, and what's going to give you the maximum maximum level of success or return on capital invested, as it were, in terms of making sure that PFS is as fully loaded as it possibly can yeah, be. Because absolutely, we've seen the macro environment for lithium be you know quite erratic since the end of last year. Um, it's kind of set, settling back down. I think something slightly more realistic um levels at, at the moment but you've got to do a job on on that pfs in terms of you know bring that inferred into indicated um you know in terms of driving um that npv and and i kind of guess give me some level of comfort that there's still a lot left on the table in terms of you know how, how you can you know grow this company great great questions and 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 listen the updated pa on falchani if you remember the old pa was at twelve thousand dollars a ton lce Standard just did their um, bankable, I think, at 30,000 a ton. We did the TLC um, uh, PA at 20,000, which was still very conservative against the Thacker Pass, very similar style of mineralization uh, at 24,000 a ton. So even if all we do is move the uh, the price for the commodity up and you know increase the OPEX and CAPEX for a little bit of inflation, you're going to see a very, very big jump in the NPV and the and and the NAV on the updated PEA. Uh, but as you say, that's going to be a, a really that updated PEA is going to be a great milestone. It'll really, really show. I think just in in today's environment where Falchani sits in terms of uh, you know economics, not only really low opex. I think it'll be one of the lowest on the global cost curve. But also the, the the economic returns will improve significantly. That will continue to to to, to happen as we move through pre pre fees. But as I say, the big the big piece on pre fees really is: are we able to bring in a bit more resource, you know, a bit more of the resource through a bit more drilling, and again continuing to refine the flow sheet. You know, we've we're now using counter current in the flow sheet. It's helping us really reduce asset consumption uh, as well as bring in the 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 um the separate um uh, circuits for the byproducts so there's a lot of work being done on that so like i said off the top the pa is a really material piece of the uh, uh, of of the pfs and it's really why we focused on it makes sense to update that really as the key building block to then refine things a little bit further for the pfs Okay, and and you talked about, you mentioned some cesium earlier in the SOP uh, component to this. Um, it, 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 is that becoming more Im- important in terms of the economics for you, or is or is it you know truly you know a a, a nice byproduct um, to to be had, and perhaps um, we shouldn't pay too much attention to it? It's a great question again. Yeah, and 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 what and what I should have said is you know what we've learned from the drilling as well is. Um, you know, uh, the the where where the company is focused primarily historically has been on the volcanic tooth, the volcanic glass that 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 tends to host the higher number. You know, the the the, the highest numbers on the lithium side. What we're also finding in 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 the latest drilling is that we're getting some very good lithium numbers in 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 the branches below and above that as well. And we're also getting really elevated cesium numbers. So, you know, we've never brought those into the um, 
the the, the economics previously, but um, you, you will see in the in in the in the PEA we're really focusing on the two in that original model. But as we move forward into PFS, there's these other styles of mineralization that have the potential to add add more. So when you look at the byproduct, the SOP is a very strategic byproduct because if you remember Peru um, is, is, imports nearly all of its fertilizers and especially the high-end fertilizers, the SOP. And as we've talked before, um, Falchani has the potential to make Peru virtually self-sufficient in SOP. So economically, it's not a huge piece to bring in, but strategically, it's and it, it all adds, but it's very strategic. Um, and then on the cesium, cesium is a highly strategic critical mineral, again, dominated by the Chinese. Um, it has it has a lot of military applications. And, you know, I think the price of cesium is typically 50 to 60,000 a ton. There's not a lot of sources of major sources of cesium in the West. And, you know, we do think that that has a potential to be a very meaningful byproduct. And again, strategically very important. Um, you know, if you look at this whole cold war on critical minerals with China um, and the fact that, again, in the West, a lot of the existing mines on the cesium side are pretty much done. You know, I think Falchani could have a lot of relevance there. So economically, cesium definitely has a bigger impact than SOP, but strategically, SOP is very important as well. Well, so in terms of conversations um, locally with, with, with um, local and federal government, um, I, I imagine it would be. Um, talk, talk, tell me this: we've we've seen. I, I kind of touched upon some of the you know the the the, the macroeconomics of of recent months. Or, you know, we're coming up for nine months. It's it's been quite the ride, but we've also seen a resurgence recently of lithium um, equities, um, mainly stemming out of some of these um, lithium uh, pegmatite type stories, which are out there. They seem to be the sort of the darling of the moment. Um, many of them very, very early stage, but I think people are very they're intrigued with the kind of hard rock, um, um, you know, component to it. It's I guess better understood, and um, I think people's expectations are some of them slightly out of whack, but expectations are high. Um, what does that do for all lithium stories? In terms of um, you know people looking in at at you, or is that a distraction for investors perhaps looking for these 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 new, these new stories? Um, and and I and I say that as you know as someone who's you know running a significantly advanced development uh, story. Um, how do, how do all these things and these movements and variables affect you and your thinking and and indeed your relationships with your I guess larger investors? Yeah, it's a great it's a, it's a great comment. I mean, I I still am somewhat disappointed in general. Um, you know, you look at the lithium world. Um, I think most analysts that I follow and you know have have showed that in twenty three, you know, maybe early twenty four, the market is more in balance because you know you've got some supply coming on and. Demand continues to grow, but it's it's not yet outstripping the demand, the supply that comes on in 23. And I think that's been a little bit ag- exacerbated by um, by the Chinese recovery being, you know, a good bit slower than people thought. And I think there's still this perception 
quite rightly on, on a historic basis that China is the key piece of the EV puzzle. But I think you're going to see that Europe and, and the US have had pretty good years in terms of the EV rollout. So, you know, I, I, I think when you look at it, Matt, 23, 24, were, you know, an area where we expected some kind of slowdown um, on, on the lithium pricing side because of the supply coming on. But also, if you look at any of those forecasts, very quickly it reverts because A, supply always takes longer. Uh, B, it's never as much. I don't think there is a brine project in South America that's hit its nameplate. Um, and uh, and uh, it's always more complicated. And then, you know, so I do believe any forecast you see shows that demand is going to start to ratchet further and further and outstrip supply. So I think in the medium to long term, I, I, I think that, you know, the thematic is very strong and it's a little bit volatile in the short term. But but still, you look at where lithium pricing is today, it's, it's way higher than historical. So, um, you know, I think I, I think ultimately that that will drive it. And I think you're right in a risk off environment. There's this perception by some in the market that um, you know that pegmatites are, are are less risky because you've got the Aussie model of mining, concentrating, putting on a ship, giving all the margin to the Chinese and the control of the refined products to the Chinese. Well, if we want to continue to do that, these pegmatites can make a lot of sense. But you know what? <clears throat> what is essentially moose pasture in parts of Quebec and the Northwest Territories or the Yukon or wherever? Um, yeah, you can mine it. They've they've had some good grades, and you can concentrate it. And if you know, I mean, as you know, in mining, you've got the Lasson curve, so they're at the sexy end of the curve. People look at that and say, yeah, you can you can mine it, you can concentrate it, great. Well, what are you then going to do? I mean, we think that that mining in in North America is way behind where it needs to be for critical minerals. The refining and upgrading is non-existent, and yes, it's going to come on, unless you're a Piedmont with a integrated model where you're going to build your own plant to deal with what you produce. And a lot of these young companies don't have that. Um, you don't have a choice but to stick it on a boat to, even if you can get it to port to, to China or, or wherever, to refine and upgrade. So my view, whether it's right or wrong, is that companies like us that focus on high purity pro products um, that don't need to be shipped anywhere for refining and upgrading make a, a ton of sense in the short to medium term. And I do think that's going to be borne out post Labor Day. I mean, if you remember, Lithium America is obviously the darling of the Claystones, the one that's furthest ahead, our big brother, if you like. Um, uh, they got the money from GM on the equity side. So everyone is expecting a big check from the US government through the DOE to build the mine. But, the, but they're not going to do that until Lithium America separates its South American business and its North American business and effectively gets their Chinese investor side into the South American piece. So I think post-Labor Day, you're going to see, um, you know, Lithium Americas has been pretty quiet as they've gone through that separation progress process. I think you're going to see more and more focus on that. I think you're going to see funding coming from the DOE to build the mine. And I think that probably, again, helps put more of a bid back under the Claystones, which will help us. If you remember, our flow sheet is very, very similar. Um, and uh, I think that'll help, again, put the spotlight on 
what are the most near-term sources of high-purity lithium products in the U.S. and uh, and North America, if you want to put it that way. So I, I think you're right. There is, there's been this fascination because this perception of lower risk on pegmatites, but I think reality will come back into play. And I, and I would hope that with this latest pullback that we see some of the more mainstream institutions out there that have still haven't figured out how to play lithium and a lot of them have sat on their hands starting to to get in i mean all the strategics and the oems and everyone recognizes that lithium is needed and here to stay and it's not quite yet translated i think into the equity markets which is you know why you've seen some weakness in recent times against a, a commodity that's certainly more volatile in in the short term 